Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, April 1st, we look at lesson one, Jesus wins, Satan loses. Together, let's see the broad picture of the cosmic conflict between God and the enemy. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, another quarter, first lesson, Jesus wins, Satan loses. And that's good news. And our memory text comes from Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. Uh, this entire quarter is three cosmic messages talking about the three angels messages. And so rightfully so it's giving us a little bit of background here for the memory text. And it says, and the dragon was enraged with a woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. I, the beginning story here starts off with talking about upsets in history with battles and uh, I definitely don't see the upset that happened between Christ and or between God and the enemy. Uh, although I, I think the upset is people that choose the losing side, no know, knowing that he's going to lose or he is losing. And so hopefully at the end of this, we choose Christ. We choose Jesus. We choose God's side. And that actually brings us to our first uh, uh, Sunday's lesson, Michael, here, the battle in heaven. Absolutely. So, I mean, th- in, in many ways, you know, we're talking about what does it mean to be Adventist? So we're talking about the three angels messages, uh, which is, that are, I mean, that I don't, core, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything more Adventist than, yeah. than the three angels messages, Revelation 14. This is, this is just classic, um, uh, both in terms of identity and our understanding of end time beliefs, what we like to call eschatology, right? So, mm-hmm. and and so part of that is a framework of um, theologians have a fancy term for this, the Odyssey, this idea that there is something going on between the divine and human, this divine interaction. And what does that look like? What does that mean? Right. And so, right. Um, and so scripture frames that for us. Uh, we, we have a, again, another theological term, not to be throwing these all out there, but uh, that that we like to use called the the great controversy, or some people call it the cosmic conflict. But it basically is this idea of a, a struggle that's going right. on. And and by the way, Adventists are not unique in teaching this belief, and both in terms of uh, currently as well as across church history, we can see where this cosmic conflict has been described in in many different ways and forms. Uh, and and the classic classic text. Uh, that that we typically will refer to in, in an evangelistic series or some kind of venue for explaining Adventist beliefs is to turn to Revelation chapter 12. And that's that's the heart of uh, Sunday's lesson. And there's this description of a woman clothed with the sun, this is the first verse, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She's pregnant, cries out in pain as she was about to give birth. By the way, I, I can't not read this and and have flashbacks buster oh <laughs> to the to the good old keepers of the flame videos maybe some oh okay that yes, yes remember that and and they had the uh they're trying to depict the scene and they have a darth vader in there <laughs> 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 i used to show that years ago to to my students and 
people would get a, a good chuckle out of that because of this this current reference to the this cosmic conflict but but this, this is the same idea right that there's the there's this woman um she's pregnant about to give birth and and then there's this dragon this evil dragon with 10 horns and, and all of this <laughs> and there's this um struggle she gives birth and uh, she flees into the wilderness where and this is verse six she's prepared for her by by god this wilderness refuge um, that she would be taken care of for 1,260 days. And, and of course, in, in eschatology, um, and this is not uh, this is not unique to Adventists. You can go back to Isaac Newton and many other expositors. Ellie Froom wrote a huge, massive tome, Prophetic Faith of Her Fathers, four volumes, documenting the use of a day for a year, and among other things. And uh, so 1,260 days. So we, we traditionally point to 538, the kind of the, fall of Rome to 1798, mm -hmm. fall of the French Revolution. So you have this the span of the supremacy of the beast, this dragon. And verse 7 says, Then war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought back, but they were not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. And he was hurled to this earth and his angels with him. So this is the battle itself. This is the great controversy described for us in prophetic language, telling us the struggle between good and evil, Christ and Satan. And this heavenly battle is what's taking place is sort of a, a proxy war that yes. takes place yeah. here on this earth. Uh, I don't know if people are following along with current events, what's going on in Ukraine. You have all these different powers that are lining up on different sides. It's, it feels very much like a proxy war. Um, but but here we have in bigger, uh, more cosmic significance, a proxy war between good and evil, between Christ and Satan. And that's this battle that is taking place, Buster, and um, it really uh, begins with an attack by Satan, which is the focus of Monday's lesson. You know, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, you're talking about the core of Adventism and uh, a little bit of history that's there. You know, I was actually having a conversation. This is probably about seven years ago with a minister of another denomination. I won't say the denomination because I'm not trying to put anyone down. But although we agree that there's a cosmic battle mm -hmm. and a cosmic war, we agreed upon that. But when we were going over Revelation 12 together, we very much disagreed on the meanings behind the symbols. He was very much spiritualizing a lot of these different things. Mm. He was saying that the woman, uh, by the way, there's a lot of definitions here on Monday's lesson. The dragon, the woman, the male child, the rod of iron. Uh, mm. He was bringing up different things that these things were meaning. So I said, well, the woman's obviously the church because the Bible explains it. He's like, no, the woman's Babylon. It's the harlot, right? <laughs> like, so we're, mercy. we're going yeah. back and forth and, and our definitions are different. And I think this wow. is one of the reasons why I love the Adventist church is because mm -hmm. we we strive and we fight. Now, are we perfect? Absolutely not. But we strive and fight to find our definitions that are biblical. Uh, so yeah. we allow the Bible to describe the Bible and not try to over-spiritualize it. So here, if you want to follow along with me, Revelation 12, verses 4 through 6, I won't read these. Uh, mm. But it talks about, um, as Michael so eloquently uh, read verse 7 here just a second ago. I'm mm -hmm. going to go there right now. Uh, it says that his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And we find that a tail can uh, not just be what a dragon does with its 
physically, but it also can be a lie, right? We see that mm. according to, to scripture. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to heaven and is and his throne. Uh, yeah. And so as, as we look at this, Michael, uh, a dragon is obviously the serpent of old is the enemy. It's Satan. Uh, we see this referenced several times in the Bible. The woman is going to be the church. And this child that she gave birth to was Christ was coming out of the church and he was going to come to actually redeem the bride, right? The bride of Christ and the rod of iron, uh, which is found in Psalm two verses, uh, uh, verses seven through nine. Uh, talk is talking about a power that is going to use of of dominance, but also of authority. And Christ mm. was going to rule with authority. And so we see all these different things. And I challenge our audience to go back and read not only these scriptures, but it, what amazes me, Michael, is that as you go back through our history mm. of our pioneers coming together and not just they weren't lazy. They don't rely upon Sister White's writings. They don't rely yeah. on, excuse me for saying this, uh, Doug Batchelor or Mark Finley sermons. Uh, they don't rely on those things. They search the scriptures for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're losing a bit of that. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, we, we, we've, we're so rich in theology that we are now relying upon other people's theology. But the beauty of our church is the priesthood of all believers, of us coming together as a study for ourselves and yeah. coming yeah. to the same conclusions because the same spirit that led our pioneers is the same Holy Spirit that leads us. And so please continue to not take my word for it or Michael's word for it or the lessons word for it. Take the word, uh, take the word for itself. Preach. Yes. And study together, study these things Mm. together. It's so, so awesome uh, that our pioneers love to get together and study almost all night sometimes. And we don't see that anymore. Now we don't have time for a prayer meeting. We don't have time for, Hey, the sermon's going over 30 minutes. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Uh, And, and I get that, but are you actually coming together during the week to actually study? And I think that's the important Mm. part of it. Uh, More so than knowing the answers is knowing the God of the answers. And that's why we come together to study together. All right. So Michael, how can we accept Jesus's victory? Tuesday's lesson. Well, Buster, I mean, this is just such a nice segue as we're going through this cosmic conflict. And and I think it's easy for us to get focused on ourselves that, you know, how am I going to make it through the struggle, you know, this end time events and what's that going to look like? And I know it's easy for a lot of people to look around them and say, oh, this world's really uncertain. And and I don't know about my the certainty of my future and I don't know what's going to happen next. And and yet um, we don't have to actually worry about those things. We can have a certain shall we say, confidence, not an not arrogance, not a, not a presumptive right. kind of, but, but, a, but a humble uh, confidence yes. that says that we can trust in Jesus. And yes. most of all, in Jesus's victory, because when we're thinking about battles that are going on, um, you're, you're thinking about, well, who, who won, you know, <laughs> and, and it, what, what's going on, you know, you're, strategically and and, uh, and we'll who's the who's the hero of the battle right <laughs> right oh, it's, it's alexander the great or whoever choose whoever you want to yeah so you know you you can think of contemporary or historical examples and and yet we can know that the winning move or whatever you want to call it the winning 
uh, aspect of it has that has been determined. It's been decided and we can have um, confidence and, and verses 10 and 11, which is the focus of Tuesday's lesson. Right. Uh, we have this reminder, this picture for us. Now have come the salvation and the power of the kingdom of God and the authority of his of his Messiah. So we we can have confidence in knowing Jesus is our Messiah. The kingdom of God will be reigning supreme. Uh, and then we have, of course, the, the 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 contrast with that's why it's a struggle because the accuser of the brethren, right, is hurled down. So we know that even the accuser, that the person that's trying to 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 undermine everything else, that if if the person's cast down, that means the other's victorious. So this idea that God will reign victorious. So we can have assurance, confidence in the victory of Christ. In fact, that's uh, reified even more in verse eleven. They triumphed they over triumphed. him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So we have confidence both through the blood of Jesus, the, the atonement of Christ, Christ's death on Calvary for, for us, and by the, uh, the word of their testimony. In other words, the, the experience that we have um, with one another and in, in the past, that gives us uh, a poignant reminder of God's ability to change lives. And in fact, some that even give up their own life, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And we can think of examples of people who have been, we call them martyrs, but have been willing to sacrifice if necessary, their very lives for the sake of the gospel. And we're thankful for those examples uh, that just reminders of God's victory uh, that we can have confidence in. But uh, then we come back to Wednesday's lesson, Buster, and mm -hmm. it's talking about this woman in the wilderness again. Doesn't sound too good, <laughs> wilderness. No. <laughs> Buster, <laughs> unpack that for us. Well, Michael, thank, thank you for sharing us, uh, sharing with us that we win because Jesus w has already won, right? Yeah, and, Jesus uh, wins. Yeah, yeah, but in the midst of that, the woman, the church, is actually in the wilderness for a bit. Mm. And there's several things that people use to describe this time. Uh, I know a lot of historians don't like the term dark ages, uh, but this is a time where persecution of the church, where the church was trying to be snuffed out. Uh, right. And so revelation 12 verse six, along with revelation 12, 14 through 16, uh, talks about this period uh, also correlated with Daniel chapter seven, verse 25, 1260 days are parallel to the time of Revelation 12, uh, 14, which is times, time, and half time. We see this. And during this time, uh, it asks this question. It says, notice carefully this time period, Satan's attack on the woman and God's provision for his people. And what are these verses talking about? Well, it's talking about a literal time running from, and Michael, thank you for sharing earlier, 538 uh, to all the, all the way to 1798. And we see there with uh, General Berthier being captured there, but uh, capturing the, the Pope there, but persecuted times as uh, at, at a times where God's people were being slaughtered and yet his people are still being faithful. I think that's the wow. highlight of it, which is Satan can do whatever he wants to do or to, to try to, to try to ruin the church or try to defeat her. But Christ right. has promised us that she will stand uh, because he has won already. Uh, wow. And so as we recognize that, as we look at this time period uh, and as we look ahead, right, this is the reason why we share prophecy. And this is why it's so entangled with history. It's because we recognize as a people that hard times are ahead of us. 
uh, not only are ahead of us, but for so many people, they're here right now. Uh, for our mm. brothers and sisters that are in Ukraine right now, fighting for their lives or still on the run. Uh, recently mm. at the church I attend, we had the one of the union officers uh, come and present. He's over education and he was showing us how the school's still going. And then they're prepared during bomb threats uh, to run down the basement. And some days they don't have power and they siphon off the, the you know, there's so many things that are happening. But his message to us was God is still providing. Uh, he showed us several times where he should have been personally killed and wow. how God's provision was upon him. Uh, he had satellite images of where the soldiers were and where he was. And it was just amazing to hear. And we all walked away just excited to see what God is doing. And a lot of us put our, our money where our mouth was to actually support the church and providing schooling for those students that are there. Uh, and, and I say that because although tough times might be ahead or currently here, one thing that is constant is our dependency upon God. Uh, and our stewardship towards him. I know we just got over uh, uh, doing the managing for the master, but whatever resources God gives us are not meant to be squandered or just, or even hoarded on until tomorrow, but utilized today. And so as we look at history, recognizing that God had his church back then, and he will continue to have her in the future and mm. in the present. Wow. So, Michael, tell us about God's end time remnant. Right. You know, it's funny that we have this because at home we were just talking about these unusual terms like remnant. And the other one that that uh, we had a, a very scintillating conversation about at home, of course, I have two teenagers now, is this word peculiar. Because ah. <laughs> we like to, like to use these terms, remnant and peculiar. And and today, yeah, exactly, Buster. Yeah. It just sounds like you're you're whack. Yeah, we're, we're not called to be peculiar because we eat Big Franks. <laughs> <laughs> and the point my kids had, had figured out, is, uh, you know, that peculiar today means one thing, but in, in, in different times, peculiar could mean actually special. Yes. Not weird, but special. And, and in this case, remnant doesn't mean you're like superior or better, which I think sometimes there is that perception. Yeah, that, that, that's dangerous too. Yeah, that we are, we are better. Exactly, privileged. And, and that's not that's no. not the term. Remnant is a reference to a piece of cloth that's at the end, and all it means is that these are the people who are alive when Jesus returns. They are the ones at the end of the cloth. So you, you know, Michael, people, I, I have to jump in yeah. here real quick yeah, yeah. because uh, someone asked, well, if we're not more special than other denominations, then why are we Seventh-day Adventists? This is a student who straight up asked Ooh. me this because okay. I talked about the, what, the term remnant. Yeah. And I shared what makes us special is not the fact that we are saved because we're Seventh-day Adventists. It's the fact that we're called with a purpose. We have a mm -hmm. purpose to spread the mission and to spread wow. the vision that God has given us through the lens of the three angels message. So it is actually the call to the purpose that inspires us. And, you know, we see this around the world right now. People are leaving their countries, they're leaving their comfort zones, and they're joining to, to help in the ranks of Ukraine, or they're, they're giving financially because they, are, they see the purpose, they want to help. And so sometimes we want to sit on our hands and say, hey, 
we're special, we're saved, we're ready for translation because of our denominational title. Well, that's 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 counterintuitive, right? Uh, our our call yeah. to purpose is what makes us special, not mm. uh, just being born into this denomination and expecting to be saved because of it. Love it, love it. Well, coming back to this Revelation twelve seventeen, we're kind of getting to the end of the chapter, which is what we've been discussing this whole you know, first lesson is we're just kind of diving in Yes, sir. is, is what, I mean, now that we know it's special, not, not weird <laughs> at the end of this chapter is described the woman and the, 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 that remnant, if you please, but this woman and, and yes. two defining characteristics and she keeps the commandments of God and holds fast the testimony of Jesus in Revelation 19, verse 10, testimony of Jesus is the gift of prophecy, right? So, mm -hmm. so two characteristics keep all of God's commandments. And, and the way we've understood this historically and as a church is that means that one of the commandments has been neglected. That means it's going to be a, a special restoration or emphasis of keeping all of God's commandments. And the, the Seventh-day Sabbath, the restoration of the Sabbath, is a sign, a symbol of a special relationship, um, a, a relational understanding, a restoration of, of that, that truth. And the testimony of Jesus being the, the gift of prophecy, but the manifestation of that prophecy, which again points people to Jesus and Jesus. Scripture. And, yes. and so those have those two characteristics. Now, there's other denominations that keep the Sabbath, Seventh-day Sabbath, and there are other denominations that claim to have the prophetic gift. But, but only the Seventh-day Adventist Church, as far as I know, claims to have both of these two unique characteristics. And so... Um, I, I, th I think from a prophetic perspective in the broadest sense possible that God was trying to, is, is creating opportunities at the end of time saying, hey, I want your attention. I want your attention. If you want to pay attention to those that are really in, in step and in tune with me here at the very end of time, waiting for Christ to return, these were, this is kind of a way to, to know, hey, take seriously. This is, this is important to me mm -hmm. and important to my people at the very end of time. And so again, not a, a, as a, as a boast of uh, not, not to, not to say, Hey, we're better, but, but in a, in a, in a sense of responsibility and humility to say, Hey, this is a special privilege of God's people at the end of time to share in the midst of this great controversy, the clearest revelation of who God is yes. and his love for us. And, and by the way, you know, I'm, I, here's, here's a couple of clues to help you out here. You know, they're going to be so in love with me. They follow the Sabbath because they're just in love with me and, and have that understanding and, and, and also um, take seriously the prophetic gift. If you take scripture seriously, Joel chapter two, at the end of time, right, there's going to be a manifestation right. of the prophetic gift. Uh, we'll, we'll look for that. And, and there's a lot of stories we could tell about where the prophetic gift people claim it. And it's, it's, it's not so good, <laughs> not biblical. It's not in harmony, but when that true gift is manifested, what an amazing blessing that is. And I, I love that. I love that about our church and our church's heritage and our identity and, and our biblical identity, prophetic identity is found here so much yes. in revelation chapter 12, as we, start out with the three angels messages. I'm excited because this is what it means to be Adventist and it is. Know that this will raise a lot of questions for people, but um, it's good for us to, to follow the example, as you mentioned, Buster, of, of following the example of our pioneers and studying 
for ourselves. Don't take our word for it. Don't even take the pioneer's word for it. Study for yourself. Yes. And, and you know, Michael, uh, you talk about uh, the prophetic gift. I, I remind you, we're at Southwestern, the prophet who came to our campus. Okay. Okay. It's a false well, prophet. But <laughs> well, Michael's met many of these, but uh, it was my first yeah. encounter. And he left a lengthy uh, voicemail talking about why, how he's the next prophet. And I uh, was staying in his car around the campus. I think eventually ended up getting arrested for you know, uh, nefarious crimes. Yes. Well, you <laughs> so, know, here's the weird thing is I said, let's study the Bible together. And he's like, well, I don't want to study the Bible with you. I have a message of judgment for you. And I, I thought, well, <laughs> this is not a good sign if we're not willing to study the Bible together. <laughs> and I haven't even told you about the prophet I met since then. So, Oh no, uh, you know, you're going to have to save that one for us. Uh, that, that'll be the, uh, be another, the cliffhanger, right? For- <laughs> oh, but, but yeah a prophet that doesn't want to take seriously the word of god you know willing to talk about that but if we're not willing to to take scripture seriously we we're, we're in trouble <laughs> you know i and i think that's a great way to end let's take scripture seriously and throughout mm-hmm. this quarter let's let's get back to our roots of understanding scripture and not just going through and saying, I studied the lesson, but please study to show yourself approved and not to show yourself better, but to show that you love God and you don't want to just know the, the about God. You actually want to know him by spending time with him in scripture. Love it. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. So that's, uh, so this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.